Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 243. Uh, I am your host, Blaine Pudvay. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Hello. So this episode is our post-trade deadline review. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Kent Hughes' work at the trade deadline and leading up to it. We'll talk about the uh, Boston game uh, that happened on deadline day. Uh, and some other odds and ends. But uh, before we jump in, uh, it's been about, ooh, we, we, we dropped two episodes over the weekend and it's been a few days. So how things been going, Matt? I've enjoyed a couple days off. That's about all I'm going to say. That's all I can say. You get uh, days no, off? I, I finally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So PLQ is complete. Uh, I'm more of a, uh, I'm more of a leader now. For, uh, that's, that's for our civilian, our civilian friends who don't know, <laughs> PLQ is the uh, the first leadership course that you take in the armed forces to take a management role. Yeah, I feel I feel so I feel like an adult now. Almost, yeah, almost. <laughs> that's about it. That's about it. all that's new with me. So you you don't have like a lineup on Tinder? Or... No, I'm not on that. No, <laughs> no. just OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I, gotta what get, about you? I gotta get paid, right? So yeah, <laughs> I'm just getting everything prepared for the process to make my big move. So and I'm trying to get the uh, roof fixed and the sink fixed and the deck done and the all before I go. Yep. Oh, and don't don't forget, you got to buy some skates for your new for your grandson. Oh yeah, I already measured his feet, so. <laughs> He's not crawling yet, but he's got skates. 2040, baby. That's First right. Round pick. 32nd overall. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> as long as he doesn't go to the Bruins, I really don't care. <laughs> if he goes to the Bruins, I'll disown him. I'm not rooting for you, kid. Sorry. <laughs> Does he, if he did, he'd just come home and start licking people. <laughs> wow. Rashad will be retired by then, but yeah, but not his tongue. All right. Um, so we're going to kick it off here with a little bit of an injury update. Uh, we're just basically going to go off what's currently with the Canadians. Uh, Tyler Pitlick, Kyle Clegg, and Ryan Paling are all still on the IR. Uh, yes, Tyler Pitlick does exist. He is with the team. He's still on the IR and he's expected to come off very soon. Uh, Price is practicing with the team. So that's a good sign. Looks as if he might actually get a game or two in at the end, before the end of the season. According to the round table on Twitch today, uh, they were pretty optimistic. He was going to play before the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And we can, uh, we can talk about that round table on Twitch and the press conference here in a little bit. Uh, before we jump into Canadians news, I'd like to just point out a former Montreal Canadian has found his love of hockey again. Kotkaniemi signs a uh, eight-year deal paying him about four and a half million dollars for the next, you know, 
most of a decade and um, went on a bit of a rant about how much he lost the love of the game, but has found it again in rally. That's fine. Say whatever you want, uh, but that's kind of shooting his former teams in the foot, trying to, you know, badmouth him a little bit in a sideways kind of way, but that kind of fits with Carolina's MO of trolling the Canadians. Uh, I'm so sick of Cotton Yemi. Um, here's the way I look at it. Cotton Yemi bet on, on himself with a $6.1 million. Well, he didn't bet on himself, but he, he, he accept, signed the contract when they, they offer sheet him. Could have turned it down. But he signed it, and who wouldn't? It's six point one million. He's not going to see that in his lifetime uh, for a contract, and he lost. He bet on himself and lost. And the way I look at it is, he looked at them and they said, he basically said, "I'm not good enough to get a better contract than what I have now, so I'll take whatever you can get long, whatever you're going to give me long term." Um, that's the way I look at it. I mean, if Carolina is gambling huge, they are, but it, the gamble's all on them. Uh, like I like we discussed this before we went on air. Cotton Emmy uh, said, "You know what? No, I think I'm better than this, and I'm going to go to arbitration next year. And the the lowest I'm going to get paid is something like five point six million or whatever whatever the heck it is. Uh, I'm going to take it, and then I'll bet on myself that year, and we'll see how it goes when I go into UFA. But instead, he went. Uh, I'm probably not going to be much better than what I am now." And if I go to free agency, I'm not going to get anywhere close to what I'm getting now or what they're offering me. I'm signing the dotted line. Yeah, this guarantees them that money for the next eight years. And um, on RDS, uh, on a show called Anjou's, Martin Lemay, and I'm going to translate, um, was talking about exactly those comments about finding the love of the game again. And Lemay said, what a lack of respect and maturity by Kotkaniemi. Hey, Chief, you play five to eight minutes on uh, per game on the fourth line. Hockey's fun. Your standards aren't very high. What a moron. And I, uh, oh, go I mean, he's not wrong in a way. But what did the club do to Kotkaniemi for him to be? Was it because they sat him in the playoffs? Well, I mean, you're making comments like that. It's, it shows a lack of maturity, and a lack of maturity would be a reason why you're sitting, especially in, a, in the Stanley Cup final. Like, I, I wondered why he would be sitting, and it would seem that his head was not in the game the way it should be. I mean, in the Tampa series, the first he played had two terrible games in the Tampa series, the first yeah. two games. That's why he sat. You know, they were down two games to none. They had to make a change. Uh he played third line minutes the whole, entire time he was in Montreal. I think he's played fourth when he first got there. And then Julian yeah. and yeah. Ducharme. And he increased minutes last year from the year before. He went from, I think, uh, nine to 12 minutes a game to 12 to 15 minutes a game. So it's not like Montreal wasn't trying to put him in positions where he would, wouldn't succeed, uh, at least during the regular season. And then for him to do the whole, what was it, 15 cents or $15 on his yeah. contract and the yeah. whole whatever, it just seems to me like he's, uh, yeah, it just seems to me like he's just being an, an asshole. Just he's pissed off because he got sad. But that's on, go. but that's him. And it shows, it shows a little bit on the organization as well. And we all know that, uh, the Hurricanes, um, made the move, made that move. And, uh, we all know that the player wasn't worth it and he's not worth it now. Um, just to bring up some stats really quick before we move on, he's got two goals and two assists in his last 20 games. And you just signed this guy to a, a deal, making making almost 5 million a year for the next eight years. It's just, it, it just shows a lack of maturity as, as Blaine said. And he's the second center. Yeah, I hope, I, I hope this comes saying. back and bites them on the ass. I really do. Now, Clearly, this isn't the Lamborghini of signings. And uh, speaking of Lamborghinis and uh, taking L's, the Canadians played Brad Marchand and the Boston Bruins on trade deadline day. 
we're going to go into this a little bit, talk a little bit about that game. Um, so trade deadline day comes and goes. The Canadians uh, are down a few players, and we'll get into the deadline here in a little while. But on the game itself, um, uh, St. Louis didn't have his full lineup, and they they came out, and I think they played fairly well. They They provided an entertaining game. They kept themselves in the game, and that's mostly thanks to Jake Allen. It was all Jake Allen, really. Um, 45 shots, I think, uh, 42 saves or something like that. Um, They wrote shot 15 to five, I think, in the final period. Um, You know, they could have easily won it if they, you know, didn't let that goal in at 17 with three minutes left to play, but it happened. It wasn't a terror. No one really did anything wrong. It was just a good goal scored. Uh, over time, there was a bit of a Caulfield got deked out of his skates and, you know, Petrie couldn't back him up. But Yeah, I mean, Petrie's out of position and yeah. Marchant made a, a good play to score. I mean, it it's not like he's a bad player. Um, but, I mean, it shows that Montreal can go toe-to-toe with a top contending team and come away with a point, even shorthanded, even with uh, without all their top players out there. I thought Druin was more engaged in that game. I, I liked his play in that game. He was, he was back-checking. He was going into the corners. He was doing the little things that hockey fans should be looking for, not just looking at the stat sheet and going, oh, we got no points. He must have sucked. Yeah. Um, he actually got a couple of scoring chances, too. He, he did. I, I thought he played well. Um, yeah. But Boston shut down the Suzuki line. They shut them down. They shut them down pretty good. And yep. once you shut that line down, as of right now, that's the it for Montreal and they're scoring really. Armia had a good shorthanded goal. So on a on a bad it. giveaway by Marshawn. Yeah. Two on none, and he just took it in himself. And and uh, so there's some positives out of it. Yep. Um too bad Armia didn't have this flair before the deadline. Maybe it would have <laughs> been uh, him going the other way instead of somebody else, but I like that in the overtime, St. Louis said, fuck it, I'm going to go for the win. It doesn't matter if the Canadians win or lose. They're, they're at the point now, they're not making the playoffs. They're, they're looking towards the future, and he's, he's just going all in. He's going for it. So It didn't work out this time, but he tried. He, he actually, instead of trying to you know, play it safe, he put out a, a line that he felt was going to score and they did get a scoring chance, but then they had a couple of mistakes and there you go. I don't understand why it was four on four with coincidental. Cause there was penalties. a coincidental minors before the end of the period. Yeah. But wouldn't they just come out when the whistle blew anyway? Yeah. But they, that's the rule. Do you understand what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. understand why they yeah. needed four players on the ice. I understand the penalties, but you still could have went three on three. Mm. It's not like the NHL in its rule book makes sense at any given time. That's true. That's true. I'm pretty sure there was goalie interference on that overtime goal. It just wasn't going to be called. Yeah. Speaking of officiating, there were some really bad calls in that game, especially the one that was on, uh, not the first one on Romanov. I'll give him that. Like the 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 roughing penalty or whatever I mean, it was. The on, tap to the on, head. Yeah. I'll give, I'll give him I'll give him that one, but the one yeah. that they called with the trip, like he never even touched oh, him. The phantom <laughs> tripping call. Yeah, like that was that was bad. And like we can say that Montreal should have won the game, and we can say that you know they deserve better fate and everything like that. We don't know what would have happened if some of these calls would would have been made or wouldn't have been made, anything like that. But as Trey said, the reason that they stayed in this game was because of Jake Allen. And I think that since he's returned from injury, his, his play has, has been exceptional. And, uh, you know, what a, what a change that, that, that's, that has been. And it's kind of a breath of fresh air to see a goalie back there that can actually stop a puck. You're confident a bad goal is not going to go in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you're, you know you're going to get a save when you need a save. Uh, you may you may end up losing the game, but it's going to be close. He's going to keep you in the game and give you a chance to win. Yep. And for the fans who want to tank and get the best chances at, uh, at the first overall pick, yeah, they got a point, but they lost in overtime. And they're still, still in dead last. Well, they're, they're tied. 
with Arizona and yeah, but the, Arizona and Seattle have games in hand. But but look at it this way too: Montreal has only lost three regulation games in their last fifteen. Yeah, and they're still tied for and dead they're last. still tied. And they're still yep. pretty much dead last. So <laughs> they're not going to drop out of the bottom three at all. No. Two other things I want to, uh, or two other players I want to talk about really quick. Um, the evolving game of Corey Schooneman. Oh yeah. I think, uh, I think he's looked very well and, um, he's, he's, he's getting better and he's getting more confidence. He rang one off the post there last night and, um, he's not making a lot of mistakes. And, uh, even the ones that he is making, they're not glaring, um, huge turnovers, anything like that. And he's playing a simple game and I, and I think he'll be back next season. Uh, the he, other um, ones, oh, he, ahead, he, he provides uh, management the opportunity to trade someone like Kulak because yep. they know that he can step in in that third pairing role. Yep. Then the other one would be uh, Pizzetta, even though we only played six minutes last night, he, and he has been playing more or less single digit numbers since he's got up here. Um, you know, he was, you know, he took the, took the beating in front of the net that led oh. to the goal uh, yep. from, uh, from Savard. And yes, he, he might be only playing a few minutes a game, but he's, you know, you, you can tell that he gives a shit and he, and he gives it his all with every shift that he has. He finishes his checks, he goes to the net. And if he, if he has an opportunity, he's noticeable. And I, I think this is going to serve him well from a guy that was a fringe AHL player at some times. And now this is a guy that I can see them re-signing and bringing back to bring to, to have just even as a 13th forward um, to bring that level of energy into the lineup. Can't be any worse than Perot or Paquette. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an honest effort. And during the uh, the Twitch one on uh, the question and answer period uh, with uh, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes, uh, Pizzetta's name came up, and they mentioned him as someone who has impressed them. So it looks like he's in their plans as like as probably as a thirteenth forward, but it's someone you can rely on. That you put him in the lineup, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get his full effort sometimes it may not be enough to compete against some of the better teams but teams like boston when you're playing a team like that that's when pizzetta's real value shines yeah he's got you know he's got he's got five five goals this year and four of them are on boston (laughs) right but but he's got five goals this year and if you look at that puts him tied for 12th on the team right now that's not really saying a lot, though. No, it's it's as but it's as many as Gallagher's got. In, 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 in six million dollars less. In 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 one less game. And like and like, you know, for me, that's saying something. Yeah, I'm not huge on Bazetta. I I mean, I I don't care if he's there or not. Uh, I great thirteenth forward, I think, but yeah. I could I could care less if he was on the team. What what I do like about him is that other teams' fans don't like him. So if other team fans don't like him, that means he's doing something right. So exactly. So uh, yeah, that pretty much covers the Boston game. Well, let's just get into the trade deadline. Um, the trade deadline happened. Yeah. That was next week. No, it came and went. It's all done. Uh, I just want to remind people: make sure you check your sources when you're looking on Twitter or uh, social media. There's a lot of dummies out there that are faking accounts so they can make up some dumb shit and Jake get some Allen followers. going with Kulak to Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, some people think it's funny, so just make sure you double check who they are. We're talking um, about you, Avs coverage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, the Toffoli trade, the Sherrod trade, I mean, we've covered that in previous episodes. I, I can say that it's you know, safely that all three of us feel that those were good returns. Um, the Toffoli trade is before you continue on, it was a precursor of what you could expect at the trade deadline. Yeah. He, he Hughes went out there and said, this is what I want. This is what you're going to have to give me to get this player. And he pretty much said that all the way up to the trade deadline. If you want this player, this is what I want back or something equivalent to it. And he went out and pretty well, we'll get into it, but he went out and pretty much got everything he asked for. And that's what I was going to get to is that yeah. he has set, he had set prices for everybody on the team. He, he wasn't closing the door on anyone. And he, even in his press conferences, he was playing 
the he was playing the media like a violin, putting the message out there. Hey, I love Brett Kulak, but give me a call. I might trade him or, you know, things like that. And he sure as shit hooked getting all in pretty hard on that little bit because uh, trading Kulak for a, uh, a depth defenseman in Loggerson and a late round pick plus a second, a conditional second for 2022. Uh, that's a huge win. The, the big thing about that is a second for Kulak would have been sufficient. Yeah. You could have, you could have looked at it and said, Hey, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, but getting, I mean, Lagerson was a more of a money move so that it uh, was because yeah. they did keep 50% of Kulak's retained 50% of his salary and they still were going to be over. So Lagerson seven, 925,000 was what the cap hit half of the cap hit for, because his salary and cap hit are two different things. Uh, if you look at his contract. Yeah. Uh, so 925,000, they were still 200,000 over. So they gave up a $750,000 contract. Um, but Lagos is, like you said, a good depth defenseman with NHL experience. So uh, they don't have to bring someone up from, from uh, Laval to fill a spot, uh, you know, as an extra defenseman up in the press box because Schumann obviously, Schumann obviously fills Kulak's spot now. But now, I thought that was a steal of a deal. I thought that was probably one of the better deals of the day. I mean, there was only three, but um i thought that he got a lot more than what i thought he was going to get for yeah you got more than expected there and with loggerson we got to keep in mind as well laval could use a little bit of help so he could help down there as well Mm. um they're currently using four defensemen on ptos (laughs) so they're a little bit dinged up so if they can get a little bit of help and someone like loggerson who has 57 nhl games under his belt would be a help Mm. there matt yeah, the deal. I think it was a steal as well. I think uh, getting Lagerson, who is, uh, as I said, a depth guy, um, kick the shit out of Tim Stutzel. So uh, that's something. Um, <laughs> did not fare so well against Josh Anderson when he actually fought someone that could try to fight. Right. So yeah. as, long, as long as he doesn't do that, I, I think he's going to be okay. I'm sure we'll see him a little bit uh, in, in a, in a, in a hab sweater. Not really uh, expecting too much out of them, but uh, it, as as Trike said, it's more of a cap move. It's a it's a money move. Um, but to get the to get the second round pick, that's likely going to be a twenty twenty three pick. I'm not going to get into all the conditions. Let's just say that it's going to be a twenty twenty three pick. No, it's uh, only a twenty twenty three pick if Edmonton makes the Cup final. But I thought, I thought there's, I thought their second pick, their second pick is tied up. Yeah, with the Chicago deal, but they have to make the, the final. Deal. They have to make the final for okay. that tr- that pick to go to Chicago. Okay. So if they don't make the Stanley Cup final, it's a 2022 pick okay. for the Canadians. Okay. And let's I'd, be I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to read up on yeah. their because I know it's a big thing or whatever. It's all but yeah. Keith, right? Um, but yeah, and then, and then they got a seventh round pick as well, and Montreal is pretty good at. Uh, pulling gems out of the seventh round so you never know maybe i wonder maybe, I wonder, maybe kulak's gonna turn into uh you know the next star of the canadians right i wonder if they're going to continue the tradition of trading seventh round picks with philadelphia that could very well be now um the next trade that i want to get to is the andrew hammond trade so hammond yep. comes in uh he provided three solid nhl starts he, he was, he went undefeated and I mean, you, you couldn't have asked for better. And the fact that he had toiled in the minors for four years, trying to get back to the NHL. And now he's stuck in Montreal where there's a bit of a log jam uh, in goal. And he kind of, he's kind of the odd man out a little bit. Um, Kent Hughes did him a solid. He traded him to a, to the New Jersey devils who are in need of goaltenders. So he gets a chance to go and fight for NHL jobs, something that he's been working at. So Kent Hughes, knowing that that's what he wants, did him a favor and sent him to New Jersey. Now, he didn't just do it out of the goodness of his own heart because he got Schneer in return, who is a solid second-line center in the AHL, who is going to help Laval and also... It helps Laval by the fact that you, the, uh, the Devils farm team is number one in the North Division right now, and he was their, 
their toughest two-way center. So they take that out of their Devils program and put it in Laval. So that's a help there too. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan of the deal. However, fuck, I would have kept I would have kept Hammond over Montembeau. I 100 would have. I think he's a better goaltender. I think he would have. Uh, he would have given the the team that much more of a of a of a winning attitude and a chance to win games. I think that they kept Montembeau, not necessarily to keep him around for another year or anything. I just think it's, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for being the guy to start the games while we were uh, while we were sucking so bad. And I and I think that's the reason that they kept him. But I do like the fact that they sent uh, Hammond to a team that's not just going to throw him down in the AHL. As you said, he's going to be able to go there and um, and play NHL minutes uh, with another with you know with a team that's likely to miss the playoffs. But still, he's he's going to be showcased, right? Um, but yeah, I, good good for him. And they pick up Nate Scher, who um, who played a little bit with Suzuki and Guelph. And uh, yeah, as you said, he'll help, uh, he'll help Laval. I was on the same uh, thought path as you there, Matt. I thought you got rid of the wrong goalie. Um, However, I think the reason Hammond left and not Montembeau is because it is now March 22nd and all signs point to Carey Price playing early April. So when Price comes back, now when I say all signs point to, I mean as long as everything keeps going status quo uh, with his rehab or whatever it is. Um, With Hammond there and Montembeau, you kind of, you know, which guy are you going to try to throw down to Laval when Price comes back? And I think Hammond, like what Blaine said, I think that this was more Hughes saying when Price comes back, whoever's here is going to Laval or going to be sitting in the press box for the rest of the season. Um, so listen, you came in, you played excellent for us. It's too bad. You got hurt. You know what I mean? We're going to give you a chance to play NHL minutes somewhere else because we think you deserve it. Whereas for Montembeau, it'll be just a matter of put him on waivers. Hope he passes through, go to Laval or, I mean, Laval got Poulin and Primo. They don't really need to send him to Laval because Poulin and Primo will play well. Uh, or you know what your case price comes back and he's just not there. Montembeau, you can, uh, and Allen will just take us through the rest because I don't think they have any more back-to-back games anyway. So uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So really, if he gets in a game, well, if, if he does, he's going to get a what? A, maybe two, three games in the next twenty. So, what difference does it make? So it's, I it's, was thinking, I was thinking the same thing as you, Matt. I was like, man, they got rid of the wrong one. I, I think they should. But, have yeah, but, but it was it, a classic. It was a classy move by the organization. Yeah. That will give. Yeah. Up. But at the same time, did they want another goal? Did they want Montembeau? I doubt it. Well, that's it. You can look at that too. Did anyone, is anyone going in and saying, so Montembeau, uh, we Especially, really just paid attention to that one week that he played really well. And then yeah. uh, we kind of never watched again. Yeah. But you know what? They had the chance to, to claim, um, you know, former Leafs goaltender, um, Harry Sateri, but you know, legend, Leafs legend, legend. You know, you know, um, but uh, sorry, Coyotes jumped all over that. Um, you that had the was, chance. Had, you had a chance to get Mrazek and that amazing contract. Obviously, they passed on that one as well. Like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> but picking up Sateri on the uh, on the waiver wire. I Arizona, thought it was going to be. I, I thought it was going to be Edmonton, but I'm happy somebody did it. Chef's kiss. Yeah, that was amazing. And they literally just signed him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that doesn't happen very often. You would that you see. No that you see just a player get signed and say, okay, he's got to go through waivers. It's very, very, very rare that a player gets picked up, but I'm kind of happy it happened to that. According team. to Dubas, 11 of his players got uh, picked up on waivers this year, and he doesn't understand why everyone's picking his players instead of somebody They're else. picking on poor, uh, poor Toronto. Oh, I know. Why did you have to put 11 players on waivers? That's my question. Yeah. Uh, well, it's clearly <laughs> because he sucks at managing his cap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That Mrazic deal didn't freaking help him either. Yeah. Oops. Wait till, Cam- wait till Campbell comes back and he's not much better. <laughs> I mean, Campbell's Campbell's a decent goalie. I mean, he's not not a world beater, but you hey, know, Toronto's best team in the league. 
Just ask, ask TSN. But yeah, just ask TSN. Yeah. <laughs> just don't yeah. ask Craig Button because he ain't going to flinch. <laughs> Gio Darno, greatest defenseman in the NHL right now. I mean, you pick up a 38-year-old at the deadline. That makes you the clear-cut winner. Just yeah. ask Sportsnet and TSN. That's right. I like I like Mark Giordano. I like Mark Giordano. I do I think, too. And I think he's going to do something good for the team. And it wasn't the deal that they, it wasn't the only deal that they needed to make. It's not a needle mover. Let's put it that way. Right. So they're they're not getting past Tampa or Florida. No. Or and then if they and if they drop down, they're going to play Carolina. We'll and, get to the and, other and, trades and, here in a minute, and, but let's talk and about and this. is going to do the exact same thing to him what he did in the last round. Pretty much. I mean, you're looking at <laughs> you look at all the moves that Florida made. They made clearly they made the biggest moves, picked up the biggest pieces, and I think they're going to be a difficult out. They're probably yeah. the favorites in the Atlantic. Then you have Tampa Bay, back to back cup champs, and they pick up Hagel on top of that uh, for their third line with Nick Paul. So now they have a third line that rivals what they had before. They're loaded up, ready to bear again. And Boston goes and gets Hampus uh, Lindholm. Lindholm. Yeah. Sign them to an eight-year deal, which I think is a bit long, but their their defense now looks even better. Swayman is a decent goalie. We're not sure what he's going to do in the playoffs, nonetheless. But they have uh, they have a veteran-laden team with enough to win a round or two. So Toronto's in fucking hard. Yeah. Montreal picked the right time to suck and then try to reload. <laughs> it's true. It was an arms race in the East. In the East, yeah, the, East, the East Conference was just like, we're taking everybody. The West was just like, uh, I mean, let's get back to Montreal and then we can talk about the other teams. But uh, All right, so the next trade is the uh, the Lekkonen trade, which is the biggest one in the trade deadline uh, yes. for the Canadians. Uh, Lekkonen goes to the Avalanche, and I think he's a perfect fit there. The Avalanche get an amazing third-line player who can fill in on a penalty kill, eat up a ton of minutes. He's exactly what they were missing since Donskoy left. Yeah. And the Canadians in return get a second round pick in 2024, which, you know, that that's a decent return. It's okay. But getting Justin Barron, the right-handed puck moving defenseman, formerly of the Halifax Mooseheads, I think that's a home run. I like the I like the pick. I like the pickup. Um Baron played for uh, played for Team Canada. He actually played with Caden uh, Gooley on on his line. Um, you guys obviously know a little bit more about him than I do. Obviously, because uh, he was the captain of the Wild or captain of the Wild captain of the Mooseheads, wasn't he? Yeah. For, for a season, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're getting a strong two way puck moving defenseman that can walk the line, and you know he's showing that he's no slouch so far in the AHL. I think it was a, a very good deal, and. I think he became available just because he's a, a product of the development right now of the Colorado Avalanche and some of the picks they've been able to make over the last few years in the draft and um, having a guy like McCarr and Bowen Byram that now he needs to jump up and play through. I just think that that was going to happen. Obviously they've got Devin Taves as well. And um, I just don't think, and obviously Sam, Sam Girard as well. Um, I just don't think that there was a place for him. So he became expendable in Montreal because of that got a very good player uh because of because of their development i guess that in colorado's going all in so yes. you, they used uh, a a prospect that they liked to get a piece that they needed to try and win now like yeah. it's it's not that montreal wins the trade or colorado wins a trade because it, it was it was that. a it was a good deal for both teams exactly colorado would not have given up baron had they not needed someone like lekkinen that's it. That's the reason it happened. And I mean, I've known Justin Barron now for years. Uh, this kid is just, he's so mature. He's so poised and he, he's such a smart hockey player. It's not going to be very much longer before he is uh, an NHL regular. He's going to get some NHL games this year. Uh, he's going to practice with the team. He, he arrived as we record. It's uh, Tuesday, the 22nd. He arrived in Montreal today, reportedly. And he's going to be practicing with the team, probably get some starts during the road trip that's coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how far along he's come with this progression, but we can't put everything on him yet. But uh, if for people who may not have seen him play before, uh, 
for Canadians fans, think of a, a Jeff Petrie style, someone who's very mobile, who's got a big frame, uh, has a good shot, is, is very, very good at puck movement out of the zone, but he's a little bit more physical. That's what Justin Barron is going to become, is that style. He might even be able to become a 40-point per season player as well. Well, he has 20 points in, uh, with the Eagles, the Colorado Eagles, uh, this yeah. year, including five goals. Um, he was almost a point-per-game player in 2021 with, uh, with the Mooseheads. He was 31 points in 33 games. Uh, but he, uh, if you really look at it, 1920, he had the blood clot issue, which kind of dampered his uh, whatever, but apparently he's over that now. Um, and, uh, I mean, he had, he had two games, the Colorado avalanche this year. So he, he's seen the NHL, but it looks like, uh, even on that, uh, the Twitch round round of, they said he was going to play a game or two in Montreal before they decide yeah. to put him down to Laval or not. Um, so I'm happy about it. Just, I watched him a lot with Halifax, the Mooseheads. Um, he still has a little bit to learn. I don't think he's, uh, fully, uh, uh, polished yet uh, no. to be to be a regular NHLer, but I wouldn't be shocked if maybe halfway through the season next year you see him getting regular, uh, maybe bottom six minutes with the Canadian, depending on how their off season goes and all that kind of stuff, of course. Um, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. And what I like about the deal is Montreal didn't need another first round pick. Like everyone was saying, Lekkinen was going to get a prospect and a first round pick. Um, at least that's what the rumors were that was the asking price for uh, and uh instead of the first round pick there but if everyone remembers ken hughes said on several occasions that he wants a d1 or a d2 prospects like he wants prospects that have some art experience that are close to making the next step and justin Barron's a perfect prospect for that because he's very close maybe a year away or less of, of transitioning to the NHL. And he was and a first round pick. Yeah. 25th overall. Yeah. So, uh, and he slid that year because of the, the blood, because clot, of the, yes. because of the blood clot. Um, so yeah, I think they got the right guy They're They're, they lack depth on the right side. Uh, which is especially, huge. especially we all know Petrie's being traded. That's not a secret. He, he's going to be gone at some point in the off season. He was repeated in his press conference after the deadline. And he also said it in the round, round the, the round table that yep. us Petrie, we're just waiting for the deal that fits both people, right? So and the yeah, crowd rejoice. Uh, <laughs> I mean, crowd, the crowd's mean only Julie the Petrie. crowd's only rejoicing because Petrie doesn't have forty points this year. If he was yeah. still up in the forty point range, no one would be. That's true. That's true. That's true. It, it's, and it's, he's only he only wants to leave because his wife is upset and unhappy and happy wife obviously happy wife. Obviously, obviously it's weighing on the family like, we're weighing huge. on weighing, the family the family issues are weighing on him yeah huge and uh and i know. honestly think he hated playing for dom Ducharme. i think he hated oh, that too for dom yeah the snowball effect yeah i mean and, and i'm not throwing to under the bus there's just some players that don't click with some coaches yeah. i know a certain terry ryan who had to play hated playing for michelle terry that's yeah. right from his, that's right from his mouth on this on podcast. this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, Hughes hit a home run in his first draft. In, in, oh, sorry, his first deadline. He he knocked it out of the park. He he got everything he wanted and more. I think, and uh, he went yeah. up against. Apparently, a lot of GMs were uh, saying, uh, I, I, "I see you don't care about the salary cap now, or you're worried about the salary cap now." Uh, whereas when he was an agent, I guess he didn't care too much about the salary cap. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Funny that how that works. I thought, I thought that was kind of funny when I heard that. So uh, I, I honestly uh, thought his negotiating skills were going to come into a, come into effect, and so far, so far, so good. As Blaine said when he opened up this uh, this part of the show, he put out he put out an ask for the players and he wasn't moving them until he got that ask. And I truly believe that he accomplished that. And then the, the level of class that they showed by moving uh, Hammond, it's a, it's a positive for the organization. And I think it's going to, it's going to make other players and other organizations look at the Canadians in a positive, in a positive manner. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think, I think Gordon so Hughes, period, are, are going to make free agents and other players look at the Canadians and go, okay, they got something going here. Let's, let's, I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, hopefully anyway. So now on Hughes, when he, he had those set prices, he was holding firm on those and I give him full credit for that. But at the same time, he's still a rookie in that position. So I, I got to give a little bit of, um, credit to Jeff Gordon, who is probably right there in his ear. Oh, I don't know. No, yeah. Relax. Hold on to this. Stay with this. Yeah. You're going to be fine. So helping out in that way. Uh, so this team up, this, this executive team, uh, they hit massive home run during this deadline. Now, I don't think Hughes is a, it's a puppet for a French no, puppet. For no, 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 at all. no, no, no. But no. I do believe Hughes would go. So what would you do here? You know what I mean? Like yeah. Holland's telling me this, what would you do? And he'd say, listen, I know Holland from, you know, when he was in Detroit, all you got to do with him is blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you know what? He's this, this, cause I'm pretty sure he talked to more than just the GMs he dealt with for more than just the players he dealt. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if there's talk on Petrie on Jake Allen Gallagher, like Shea Weber's contract. Although I think, Arizona. They came pretty close. They came pretty close. I, I think Arizona was on the verge of getting his contract. I don't know what for. And then they said, you know what? Littles is going to be easier to manage. We're going to take that. And, and I think that's the way the yeah. they went. So um, but, uh, he did mention it'll be interesting. Yeah, exactly. And on that Twitch uh, round table, here's some of the highlights from that. Um, Gorton thought that Suzuki was going to be a two C but he's now he was surprised by what he's seen, and now he sees him as a 1C. Um, Hughes talked about how Suzuki looks up to Bergeron, a former client of his, and compared them both quite favorably, and the way he was going on made it seem very likely that the next captaincy will be Suzuki's. He didn't come out and say it, but he was basically pumping the tires of Suzuki and his leadership and his maturity and on and on and on and comparing him to Bergeron, which is a huge, huge compliment. Yeah. Another thing uh, uh, I'll throw it up uh, just yep. as an, just as an observation, um, going back to Petrie last night was one of the first games I noticed that he didn't have an A in a sweater. It was on uh, Edmonton last night. Yeah. But they're rotating those. Yeah. The rotate those. But, this, yeah. But, that, but he was, but he was also an A that. But Edmonton didn't never had one. But Evans had never played until the last three games. Suppose, <laughs> I, I suppose, uh, I suppose, I suppose. Petrie, but... Petrie, there's two, uh, two or three other games. Petrie never had an A on yeah. as well because I remember he had a bad game. Or right after he kind of asked for the trade, he didn't have an A on, and people were going on about how it was stripped. And they're just rotating it between a four or five people. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look every game now. Maybe he doesn't have one. I'm bringing it up every show. You give it. You give it. <laughs> you update us, Matt. <laughs> Petrie A tracker. So um, Hughes was uh, back to the Twitch uh, roundtable. Hughes was asked about rookies in the training camp and uh, how many they feel could make the, make the team or how many they want to make on the team. And uh, he didn't want to really, you know, marry himself to any one idea or plan, but they were very, very open to Gooley being able to be on the team come the end of training camp. They feel he's very close. Um, so I would not be surprised to see that happen, especially with the cap being what it is, they're going to try and massage this so they can actually have a decent roster despite the cap situation. Um, I think, uh, I like what he said there too. He said, the thing with rookies is they, they all kind of, he almost kind of said with, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. They develop at different stages. Uh, exactly. So because, you know, this guy can jump in the NHL right now doesn't mean this guy can jump into the NHL right now. And I think that's the approach they're going to take it. Like, is that basically what they're saying is we're not going to put anyone in any position where we think they're going to fail. So if we get a guy, Gouldy comes into the NHL and after three or four games, they don't really like what they see. They're not going to keep him there. No, no. And they're open to these happy surprises happening. Right. Um, yeah but they're not going to, they're not banking on these either. So I would not be surprised to see a bunch of depth signings that can easily be waived. 
Um, he also mentioned how he's uh, quite open to a long-term contract with Romanov. So I'm interested to see how this works out during the summer with his extension. Yeah, because be- he's an RFA going into the next season. Arbitration, right. I think, RFA, so yeah. going into the next season. So Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't want to get offer sheeted. No, and that's a player that probably would get offer sheeted. Yeah. I can see many GMs wanting him, Carolina but I, I don't think it'll get to that. Yeah. Carolina needs a defenseman. <laughs> um, oh, and then he, they went, uh, they were asking him about prospects in the draft this year and who he finds interesting. Now, he mentioned Wright and Slafoski as two, you know, exciting prospects. So that kind of it, it hints towards him actually looking to the winger. If they that's, get like the third my, pick, that's my one too right now on my list. That's, those are that's my one too. If 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 the draft happened today, yeah, that, that, that that's mine as well with Cooley a third. Yeah, I'd say Cooley like, or Savoy. Yeah, the Cooley only thing or, with Cooley is he's short. Yeah, I'd say Cooley or Savoy, one of the one of the other for a three. Uh, I would not being in the top three, depending on where the Canadians are. Right, Slavoski and Cooley are one of those three is going to be a Montreal Canadian. Yeah, and I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Although Gordon did say, you'll know who we're interested in after the draft. <laughs> because he'll have picked him. <laughs> um, Speaking of the draft, after yeah. after uh, the deadline pass, Montreal now with that conditional pick from uh, Edmonton, as long as it stays a second round pick, uh, 14 picks in the draft this year. Yes, I, I do, and I and I do not, okay. and I and I do not expect them to use them all. No, I, uh, I, hope, it, they, I hope they don't use them all. I actually, they might get to that, but yeah. <laughs> that that was asked at the, uh, and they said if they see a player that they they think they can move up on, they're going to try to move up on them or move back if they see a player that they think, you know, they want they it's going to drag get drafted later and they want to move. They've already pretty much said. They already said without saying they without coming right out and say it that they probably won't be using all their picks. Not for uh, they might be using some of their picks to trade for NHL Correct. players too. NHL yeah. players well, so as they, they should. They ten, well, they, t- ten, yeah. 10 picks in the first four rounds. So so because uh, yes. someone asked if they were going to use their picks to try to get another go lower higher in the draft in the first round, and they just kind of said, "Well, if we see a guy we like that's coming up, and we think we really want him, then." we don't have an issue doing that, but, or if we see someone that, you know, we want to fall back on, then we don't, we, you know, um, but I mean, that's kind of the, we might, we might not type answer, yeah. but. Um, but it's nice to see a management team that's willing to trade up because correct, the Canadians yeah. haven't traded up for a player in the draft since they traded up to get to Nordy. And that worked out well. So well. He's in the um, NHL, so well. Bergevin yeah. also never traded for a first-round pick, so exactly. So now we have one, maybe another. I, I I would not be surprised to see them trade up. That's that's my my bottom Me line neither. there. Me now on the draft as well, um, the Canadians now hold over the next three drafts fourteen top ninety picks and thirty-one picks overall over those three years. That's a shitload of picks. So definitely see them using some of those picks to trade up, maybe trade for players, um, but holding, trying to hold on to those top 90 because 14 top 90 picks, if you figure that that's usually around the 50% mark, you know, averaging out 50 to 25%. If you can get six NHL players out of those 14, that's, that's amazing. And one of them is probably going to be an impact player being as that it's a top three. Bedard next year. <laughs> and the following year. That's right. That, that pick from Florida is not protected. So if Florida completely shits the bed, like the Canadians did this year, anything's possible. And then Canadians shit the bed. They get two top 10 picks. Ah! <laughs> Pulling Ottawa. <laughs> hopefully they'll start winning after that unlike well, it, ottawa it worked for san jose it oh totally 
<laughs> now, uh, all right. So there were some pick. Uh, we had some questions from some of our listeners uh, before the deadline show. We didn't get to it because it was so busy at that time. But here's probably the best one that we received. Uh, and this is from JMac in the 613 on Twitter. Um, Habs evaluating recent Habs moves. Can we say that the, they make the club more competitive within the Atlantic division or not? So with all these recent moves, do you, do you guys feel that the Canadians will be competitive in the Atlantic division with this? No. I mean, now clearly. you mean right now? No, or? no, 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 clearly not now. In the future. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The, the, I think they're on the road to building a, can, I think they're on the road to building a contender the right way. Matt? Time will tell. Obviously, we're going to see what, they, what they're going to do with the draft, what they do at free agency, and we'll know the players that they pick and pick up during free agency and, and during the offseason what direction they want to put this team into. If uh, they're going to look at a, a more of a, rebuilded, a rebuilt roster or a restructured roster, whatever you want to call it, and uh, if we're going to see a team that's going to be towards the bottom of the standings next year or a team that might be able to compete. The thing is with Price, if he's healthy, you You're always gonna, have a team that's, that's closer right. to, to to competing. So yep. yeah. With Price and a couple of small moves, they're a bubble team. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't put that past them for next season to be at, at the very least, what they're doing now. They're in every single game. They have a chance to win almost every single game. And they're a they're a very, very difficult team to beat. So if that continues into next year and they're they're on the bubble, great. But that's 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 my high-end expectation for next season. Now, on the question itself, do I feel like you're going to be more competitive? I think you're right, Matt. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it's part of the process. They're actually doing the steps in the right way. They're yeah. getting they're getting those higher-end, more quality picks and prospects. They've they're starting to build a development program properly an analytics program to help that development program. So it's all this together. I think over the next few years is going to, is going to really pay off, especially with Tampa Bay, Florida, Boston, and Toronto are all going to start dropping off in the next couple of years because their windows are going to close. It's just natural. And then the Canadians are going to be ready to move up along with Detroit into that into that top end of the, the Atlantic division because the other teams are going to have to go through their own little rebuilding process. Sorry, Ottawa, you're still on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You I notice I didn't mention Ottawa. them. Well, I mean, no. Ottawa should be one of those teams that goes. They should, but they be, with, they should be. Melnick does not want to spend the money, even though they made the dumbest freaking move at the deadline, picking that up Hammond. Like, bad. what the hell? They could have had him for free. Way to go, Pierre Maguire. Yeah, that was bad. Well, that was Dorian. Sure. McGuire's going to be GM next year. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how he did it. He, he tripped him up with this. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the Canadians are... This deadline sets the tone for this renewal for the Canadians. Uh, it's clear that they're trying to rebuild the blue line and getting guys like Barron definitely helped. Gooley's going to be coming. Uh, They expect also in the Twitch, uh, they fully expect Harris to sign. Yes. Yes, they do. So that can't happen until he's done. Hopefully next week. (laughs) Well, they're they're in the national tournament right now. So they got uh, next weekend this weekend coming up, they're going to start playing in the, uh, the, the frozen four tournament. Uh, if they lose they're out. So we'll find out. It's going to be a week to week thing with, uh, with Harris, but the second he loses or the team is out, then the Canadians can start talking to him. And if anyone's wondering, they have four spaces, they're 46 of 50. So they do have four spots where they can sign players. So it's very possible. They signed both Harris and Struble. 
I thought Struble was staying another year in university. Well, they're not sure. Okay. They're not sure. I was just going to ask about I was hurt. just going to ask about that because I read somewhere that he said he wanted to finish his university and he got a year left, I think. So. Yeah, he, he can still finish university under contract. They feel that he needs more games. He'll get that in the pros versus school. But because of all of his injuries, past injuries, maybe another year of school is good for him. This is the debate they're probably having right now. But I wouldn't put it past them to sign him as well as Harris. Because they still need to sign uh, uh, the guy they got for Toffoli. He's, uh, he hasn't been signed yet. He needs to be signed by, Solange, the, yeah. by August 1st, is it? They have signed the free agent or the August 15th by the, t- oh. but he's, he's a sophomore. They got a couple more years to sign him. Okay. I thought oh, Heineman. Oh, you mean Heineman. I'm talking about yeah, Heineman. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. They, yeah. They have a, they have another year or two to sign him because okay, he's playing cause, in Europe. Yeah. Cause he's unsigned right now, but I yeah. mean, four spots so it's definitely struble and harris can go uh i don't know who's else who's left well heineman's already said that he's he's going to sign with an nhl team as soon as he can so if they offer him the contract he's signing it so you know and maybe for his development he'll follow the same path as lekanen he'll he'll sign his deal play in europe for another year or so before coming to north america if that works for him great logan mayu hasn't signed yet it's possible he could sign in the off season. I'm expecting him to be signed uh, before the main camp so that he can join the main camp. Yeah. That's my expectation. I know that some people don't like him, but as a hockey prospect, it's undeniable that he has the raw talent to be a top four NHL defender. Well, you have Justin Barron, Caden Gooley, Logan Mayu, and Jordan Harris as your top four in three and- four years. Well, Romanov. Yeah, Romanov as well. And yeah. Romanov. I mean, you have a solid one. I don't think one of those guys, if that's the case, one of those guys isn't staying. Yeah. You also got Jack Eye. Jack, yeah, he's a third pair guy at best. I don't see yeah. Jack Eye as a top four, though. And, and Norlander is still in your system. Yeah. So that's another guy that might have to get traded. They're, the Canadians have a, a good a glut of defenders, uh, defenders on the left side. Not all of them are going to make it. Some might have to switch to the right or they get traded, but it's, guy, it's nice to have that many to be able to fill your top four. One guy I'd like to see them sign is uh, Joshua. Roy. I, I think after the season they, that he's having, talk, yeah, I think they, uh, I, I didn't see the Twitch thing, right? Yeah, so, they talked about him on the Twitch and they really liked his game as uh, they should. They want to see him in camp. So yeah. they even mentioned that they're yeah. not sure what's going to happen with the world juniors. So they were kind of, because they kind of mentioned we're not sure how the rules are going to go yet because he might they play. believe a lot of NHL close well, to NHL ready players may not go to the world junior championship well, like, because yeah, Mason, um, Mason McTavish probably isn't going to be there. Perfetti yeah. won't be there, et cetera. Caden, so Caden Gooley probably won't be yep. there. And, he, and he's, and he was, a, and he was a late, uh, a late uh, subtraction from the team anyway. So, so they mentioned he might play in that world junior because he was one of the last cuts. Yes. Uh, however, they really like what they see out of him. He, they're, they're really impressed with him. They like to see more from him. So he's on the radar. And his yeah. style fits the, the, hmm. the, uh, the character of the team that they want to build. He, he's fast. He, uh, he can shoot. He's a decent playmaker. Uh, he's, he, he's willing to develop. So he fits the style that they want to be able to play. So I'm not surprised they're interested. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was there anything else from the uh, the Twitch that we did not cover? Or the press conference oh, that you wanted to talk about? Jeff Gordon's wife was pissed off that Sharaka traded because he was the hottest guy of the team. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, talk on Twitter, you know, losing the himbo, and now they're all uh, they're all after Josh Anderson yeah. as the new himbo. Sure. Which I mean, okay. Sure. Whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, what else was brought up? Um, 
That's about it, really. I, I'm trying to think of the question because it was all fan questions that came into Twitch. So. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to. They're they're going to go best player available. Roster construction is not going to factor into their choices. Uh, they're not giving Markov a contract to get to a thousand yes. games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, Which, they said, I mean, well, uh, they're like, well, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> no, I mean, the guy's and, been retired for two years. No, he's not. No. They could do it now. They did joke around that you could quarter their quarterback their power play. Yes. Yeah, they did. If they're going to do it, do it now. Do it now. Let him get his 10 games in. Why not? Sure. What do they have to lose? His knees. That's his problem. <laughs> <laughs> All he has to do is come out for one shift a game. Well, bring him back. Have a bobblehead night. <laughs> bring him out for one shift a game for the next 10 games. There you go. A thousand games. Done deal. Here, you're on the power play. Go. Until he outperforms every defenseman that the Canadians have now, and everyone's like, fuck, sign to a five-year deal, right? In 10 games, he gets 15 points in 10 games, playing yeah. two shifts a game. Yeah. Just play the power play. That's all and you know what? At this play. point, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me either. No, not at all. Uh, all right. So that pretty much covers everything we were going to talk about. Um, we'll just uh our for final thoughts, let's just give our thought on uh, on the work they've done so far. So uh, Matt, what do you think? A plus good work going in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you guys expect, do you expect anything big coming? Like, what do you mean? The off season? Yeah. I, th- I expect Petrie to be gone. I expect Weber's contract to be gone and I expect one of Latang or Bergeron to sign with the Canadians. Oh, that's right. They did say they're going to be very active and they like this UFA market this summer. So even though it seems old for what they're talking it about. It does, yeah. That so. kind of confused me. But I think it's a I think they're going to sign him. I say Latang because he's what 36, I think. Yeah. So they're going to sign him as a stopgap, I think, for the young guys you know, the veteran guy back there till the young guys are ready to take over the spot. And that wouldn't be too bad. Will. They talked, Q's talked so much about Bergeron and how he was his agent for 22 years. And now Suzuki looks up to him and Suzuki wants to be just like him and blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, how can they not at least try to sign Bergeron in the eye? I think Bergeron resigns with Boston, but yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if he, uh, if he signed with Montreal. Well, the way they've been buttering his ego, you'd think they bought shares in a margarine company. If not, if not, it'll be Crystal Tang, the another guy that was with him. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's what I mean. That's why I say Bergeron or Latang. I think yeah. one of those two guys is going to come to Montreal. Or Evgeny Malkin. Sure. I'll as long it. as they don't, as long as they don't overpay for Nazmikadri, I'm happy. Oh, they're totally going to do that. They'll no, come out of nowhere Mark, and they're going to get Mark Andre for a Malkin, Bergeron, and Latang and Condry <laughs> and go for go go for it. And Phil Kessel. Going for it. Yeah. <laughs> All just to troll Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. So I agree with both of you guys. Um, I think Hughes and Gorton did an amazing job. They're going in the right direction. Uh, I'm not expecting a playoff series to happen anytime soon. Um, but I can see this team becoming an, a legitimate contending team a few years up the, up the line based on what they're doing. Does Martin St. Louis stay coach? Yes. Um, if he wants the job, yeah. I think he's done enough to have the, uh, the interim tag taken off. I'm on the boat with you. I'm not sure he wants the job long-term. You know what I mean? Like he's, I, he's at least he's at least around next year. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. And, and I would, is, I'm not gonna. I would. I would like it because yeah. just the way they play under him. But I don't know. I think he has bigger uh, aspirations. I'm interested to see if any of the assistants change. I think, I think they, they will. Do. Yeah. Except for Latowski, it seems uh, him and St. Louis get along real well. Well, uh, Burroughs and. Who I don't know who's the other guy Burroughs and uh, oh Richardson. Richardson Richardson I think they're gone yeah more than likely um, so we'll see what happens there but yeah I think I think he'll be back at least one more year 
I think Sheldon, if that's Keefe, what you want. Sheldon Keefe will be assistant coach. Yeah, he, I have a, I fully expect him and uh, Dubas to be out of a job by April. <laughs> they got to do something. Yeah, if the Leafs don't win a series, those guys are gone. And who thinks the Leafs are really going to win a series? Not, I'm not talking about Leaf fans who always think they're going to win. Like, I wish, I wish we, I wish we had a dub of that uh, furniture company. It's like nobody <laughs> <laughs> would have been perfect. <laughs> Mel Lastman, oh, I miss Mel. <laughs> but anyway, I think that does it for our show. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening and sending us those questions. Keep sending them in. Uh, if we can fit in your questions in a show, we will. Uh, we're going to try and have a mailbag episode um, sometime in the near future. Now that the trade deadline's done, there's a, there's going to be a little bit more um, opportunity for that. So please keep sending them in. Check out HabsUnfiltered.net for where you can find all of our contact information, our latest work on the hockey writers uh, and recruits, and all our sponsors and where you can get your, your savings by using our sponsors. So thanks again for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. Be sure to go to HabsUnfiltered.net to check out all the great giveaways, all the great sponsors, all the promo codes for each sponsor to save you money on amazing products. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.